Hey there, thank you for tuning in and welcome back to the One Organized Mama podcast. Episode 85, Unsolicited Mom Advice, The School Years. So if you are listening to this like in the future, why did I say welcome back? Well, it's been about a month, probably a little over a month since I last recorded an episode. And that was due to the cross-country move that my family just made. We moved from Las Vegas, Nevada to coastal Georgia. My husband had a wonderful opportunity for work, and so he took it, and we made the trek across the country. And I feel like I'm just now starting to get feel like kind of normal-ish again. And... Um, we're currently actually staying in an Airbnb until the end of the month until we can move into our more permanent home. And um, I'm not going to lie, it was exhausting. (laughs) So definitely has inspired some future um, podcasts about moving across country if that's something that is in your future. But a couple of quick updates. So if you've been following my journey moving and decluttering my house, I mean, think about this for a second. This is, this is different than like for those of you who move frequently with work, like say with the military, because I've done a lot of military moves over the years. This was stinking hard. So I thought honestly, I was a pro because I've done so many cross country moves with the military, overseas moves, local moves, you name it. But when you're doing it all on your own without the help and logistical side of the military, or if you have a relocation service helping you with your business, very, very, very tough. It's a lot of work. There were moments, <laughs> plenty of moments, both my husband and I had where we were like, we're beyond tired, like feet ache, muscles ache. We're tired. We're just mentally drained, exhausted. Um, not to even mention the emotional stuff that comes along with making this such a major move, especially from a place that we've lived in for so long. I had lived in Las Vegas for 15 years. My husband had been there for about 21 years. And our youngest, that's the only home he's ever known. So he's um, going to be 11 this summer. So there was just a lot. And there were many moments, like I said, that we were went to bed. And you you know when you're so, you're like beyond tired, you're too tired you're to fall asleep. Like we had a lot of those moments, a lot of headaches. Thank goodness for Motrin. <laughs> we probably had our fair share of painkillers and, you know, lots of caffeine for those late nights. And super annoying to my husband when I kept telling him and reminding him, aren't you happy that I'm so organized? Because I really was honestly tooting my own horn here for just a second. Um, But I'm sure it didn't help hearing that and stuff. But I kept telling him, honestly, I was like, imagine if I didn't insist on decluttering starting like massively in January. Um, we moved at the end of May and I'm telling you, it's like the, the, the time right before you leave a house, it's, I, I don't even have like, it's not like we have a ton of stuff. I, we just have stuff and towards the end, you know, when it feels like your, your stuff is like making babies and like, you're just creating more stuff and you swear you've gone through those kitchen drawers a million times, and then you open that one that still has stuff in it. And so you're just like giving it away to whoever walks by, whoever will take it. So um, like I said, definitely has inspired um, a future podcast episode on that. And then, like I said, the emotional stuff of saying goodbye, and then the truck, the truck across country, um, We took our 11-year-old, our soon-to-be 11-year-old, and our dog and made a trek across country and made it into Georgia, Southeast Georgia, in four days. And um, yeah, we made it. That's all. (laughs) That is all I can say. We made it 
intact. Our marriage is surprisingly intact. We didn't murder each other along the way. And kids were happy. Dog was really happy. Super surprisingly, he did really, really great in the car. So anyway, thank you all for your support and your patience as I navigate these big life changes myself and then continue to provide episodes to you guys. Now, um, I do want to um, say I'm going to be getting back to offering you opportunities to kind of dive deeper, learn more, have some interaction with me. Um, So stay tuned. I'm going to be doing like a little bonus episode each month, kind of what I'm doing on my website, what coaching opportunities that are available. So um, stay tuned. I've actually found that's actually one of the best ways to reach you guys is just doing these little mini bonus episodes. And then I, when the month ends, I delete them and then do a new one towards the end of each month. So super excited to be back in touch with you guys. And uh, you ready for some unsolicited mom advice? Um. Just a little cheeky way of saying, like, isn't all advice, especially when you're a mom, unsolicited and it just makes you cringe? So, kind of just a way for me to just recognize (laughs) that not always we want to hear other people's opinions or advice from other people. So, just put a cheeky little spin on this. And in this episode, this is actually part of a, um, the second part of a three-part series that I'm doing. The first part was based on some organization and time management tips when your kids are in their baby and toddler years. Um, this one is going to be focused on the school years. And then the last episode in the series will be focused on when they leave the nest. So I always feel like I have to qualify myself um, a little bit, just so you guys know, if you haven't, you can just like fast forward through this part. This is where I'm like talking about how I'm qualified to talk about this. Um, So I am a mom and um, I actually have three kids and I actually have a pretty big gap between my three kids ages. It's what God intended that's what I have to say about that. Um, and so I have one that's actually um, in the military, newly married. He actually lives in Georgia. We're actually going to be pretty close to him. So I'm so excited about that. Um, I have uh, my second now is um, in college and officially living on her own. And now that we left Nevada, so she, <laughs> okay, wait not officially living on her own. She's with my mom and my grandmother. So she is kind of on her own. So she is a sweet, sweet soul. I mean, I just have to say, you know, when you have your kids and you just think one of them, like, like I thought I would never see her again once she turned 18. She could not, she was a kid that literally applied for college on the first day that um, they opened it up for enrollment. Like she literally got her college acceptance like in like October of her senior year, which is, I always thought everyone got it in like the spring. So like she was like on the ball and I was like, man, I am probably never going to see this kid again once she turns 18 and goes off to college. Well, 2020 happened. She was class of 2020 and, you know, really kind of struggled and stuff. So I always say she needed a little <clears throat> extra cooking at home. So she actually came back home to finish out college, which I secretly love and adore because I got to have her for just a little bit longer. So um, she's now finishing out some uh, of her college courses that she's going into the medical field and super proud of her. But she's uh, we've transferred her over to my mom and grandmother's house. So we uh so she's still kind of you know being nurtured and sometimes some of those kiddos need a little extra um time before they're ready to leave the nest we've kind of realized my first one i thought like i would never be able to get rid of that kid and he's the one that <laughs> once he left i feel like i had it i've been chasing him down even so much as 
moving to Georgia to catch up with him um, once he joined the military. My youngest, he's an enigma. Who knows what's going to happen with him? So anyway, so just so you know, I'm definitely graduated from the baby toddler years. Um, did spend quite a bit of time in there as a young mom and then I guess as an older-ish mom. And so just so you know, side note, I hear it. You may hear it. I actually have my niece with me in the other room um, playing with a dog. So not a super quiet environment. So my apologies if you do hear a little voice in the background. Uh, But anyway, I was excited to get in here and get a podcast episode recorded. So that being said, I've been through all three stages. So that's how I qualify myself. Um, I've actually lived this stuff, lived it, breathed it for pretty much my entire adult life. So in this episode, I'm going to be, again, talking about some tips and tricks and organization stuff that I want you to focus on when your kids are in the school years. And yes, you may be just like me. You may be having different um, of these overlap. In fact, it's very common, obviously, to be still in the baby toddler years and have school-age children. Um, Definitely something that you can take some nuggets from each episode and apply them to your life. Um, So let's get started. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking about why systems are important, organization and time management systems are important, What are time management and organization systems? How to create these systems in your home and in your life? And also my thoughts on maintaining your systems over the years. But first, Mama, I want to begin with you. And if you listen to my episode on babies and toddlers, you may have heard me talk a lot about um, focusing on you. When we go through however our children come into our lives, um, whether, uh, you know, we, we bring them in by birthing them or adopting them, um, it's, there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of changes that go, that we go through emotionally and mentally and physically. And even just with our schedules, like how do we bring this little human and these little humans into our lives and, all of this stuff that goes along with that. So in that episode, I really did kind of try to emphasize one of the things that I want um, moms out there to really hear and understand is that it is okay for the focus to be with you. It's okay to put yourself first. Now, every time we hear someone say, put yourself first, our brains automatically go to like, the crazy story of like some woman who went on a cruise and left her three kids at home and, you know, without any food or something. That's not what I mean, obviously. My brain goes there to the the absolute extreme. But I'm here to say one of the best lessons that I've learned over the years is that sometimes when you become a parent, you get so wrapped up. You just get so wrapped up into those babies and into your kiddos and you kind of have a tendency to lose yourself a little bit. And if you've watched movies or reality TV shows, this is very common. So it's hard not to kind of get just wrapped up into it. You want to be the best parent that you can be, the best mom. You, you'd give everything for your children. You're constantly worried. I mean, and I'll tell you that worry never ends. Even when they're on their own, when they're adults, that worry, unfortunately will stick with you for the rest of your life. And, um, and so there's a lot to contend with when you are entering motherhood and it's not a bad idea for you just to kind of stop, take a breather once in a while and focus on you. So like I said, when our, in the previous episode, focusing on babies and toddler years, self-care is a must. And the best way to focus on self-care is to make it part of your regular routine. Make a habit of it. And I'm telling you, I am preaching to myself with this. Like Even as I'm writing down my uh, podcast notes, it's really a reminder of, to myself even, like, 
to definitely focus on self-care. I'm in kind of a unique situation, which I'm liking is that moving across country. I mean, we know, we literally know like two people, my, my son and his wife, and we know nobody else here in the region, pretty much in the region. And the, in, maybe I have a couple of friends in other parts of Georgia from my uh, past military life, but that's about it. So I have nothing here. I have nobody here. And so obviously I still have a business back in Las Vegas. So that my, my uh, demands of my time are definitely going on. But what I have realized with the time difference is that when I wake up in the morning, it's middle of the night back in on the West Coast. And so I kind of have like the first like three hours of my day where I don't have to really answer to anybody. My phone's not ringing. Nobody is emailing me. And so it's really been a great opportunity for me to say, okay, focus on you a little bit. You have been so wrapped up in this move and getting your family across country and making these transitions that I've kind of lost it. And I will tell you, actually, last night was the first time that I went to bed around nine o'clock. I turned off the TV. It was 9.07. And I was like, it's been a minute but, but since I've been able to do this. So a great, great reminder that self-care is a must. And the first part of self-care is getting enough sleep, getting yourself on a really good sleep routine. I am a big believer and a big proponent of getting yourself to bed shortly after your kids. We generally don't need as much sleep as our kids. Therefore, we're able to wake up before our kids. Now, I am a self-proclaimed night owl. In fact, I always feel like my body kind of left to its own well, I will tend to stay up later and sleep in a little bit more. I actually have to consistently kind of retrain my body to be more of a morning person. Um, and that's something that I found because we have not been on a schedule these past um, couple of months is that I was staying up later and later and later because I didn't have a normal regular routine. And I will say, I really missed being my my early mornings. I really, really did. Um, even though, you know, I'd put a movie on for uh, my youngest and stuff at night, I was just exhausted. I was still, even though I wasn't going to bed, I just, I wasn't feeling productive. I didn't have any creativity going on late at night. Now, I'm not saying I'm like everybody. I'm just saying I have a tendency to be a night owl and it's not my best time for myself. What I end up tend what I tend to do is kind of like do the stuff that's like the brain just <laughs> the brain break stuff like watching reality TV, getting on social media, um just kind of like not being super productive. And that's what I find I tend to do at night. So you really need to kind of pay attention to yourself and where are you the best? And I feel like when I make myself go to bed an earlier hour and wake up before my kids, before my family is up, then I feel like I'm actually a little bit more motivated. I'll actually get some exercise in. I'll get on a really good um meal planning schedule. It's also when I feel the most creative. It's where I feel like I can do some brainstorming um, and just kind of tackle some tasks. Like this morning, I had a personal task that an email that I've been kind of putting off, putting off, putting off for a while. And I went ahead and tackled it first thing this morning. And I was like, awesome. It feels, feels great to have that ticked off my list. So my advice to you is this. Definitely take notice of yourself. When are you at your best? Do you really, does it really kick in like once the kiddos are asleep and you really get that like momentum to be creative and to be productive or whatever after? Or is it first thing in the morning? So you may have to kind of play around with your schedule. But whatever it is, I highly, highly recommend that you get yourself on a regular sleep schedule. It's the number one most important thing that you can do for yourself for self-care is 
regular sleep. So also on the note of a regular schedule, I want you to plan each and every day. And when people hear this at first, it can be a little daunting. I don't want it to be daunting. It's actually something that can be really fun and fulfilling. Here's how I encourage you to plan each and every day. I use what's called the time management journal. So I think of time as, again, our most limited resource. We have 24 hours that are given to us in a day. How are we we going to use that? So hopefully, probably six to eight of those hours ideally are spent sleeping. So that leaves anywhere from, I always have to do the math, 16 to 18 hours left in your day. So you have 16 to 18 hours of precious time in your day. What are you going to do with that? What are, how are you going to organize that? Because it's as if somebody gave you, you know, $1,600 or $1,800, I would say. How are you going to spend that? That's how I want you to look at the time in your day. You can put your time in what I call seven time buckets. Now, some of these buckets are have a demand, like for instance, work. Um, work is something we generally have a certain specified amount of time that we have to put into it certain days of the week. Hopefully, we're getting days off. Or at least if we're having to work more than five days a week, we're getting we're not working full eight, 10 hour days all of the time. So let's talk about the time bucket system for a minute. There are seven buckets that I want you to think of when you're organizing your time. Family, home, work, finances, quiet time, social hobby, and physical and health. Okay, physical health is physical slash health, social slash hobby. So those are Um, two different buckets there. So again, when you're planning your day, I encourage you probably to plan it maybe the night before, at least have an idea, okay, what's on the agenda for tomorrow. And the way that you can kind of do this, because I know especially when your kiddos are starting school, there are, it feels like there's a million things. There are million billion things to do during your day and it feels constantly overwhelming. So the step that I encourage you to do is just do a brainstorming step and you can just keep a notebook. I just encourage you to go purchase a notebook that would be specifically for your time management Um, and you just write brainstorming and you get everything out of your head and onto paper. So all of those things that are like grocery shopping, things that you need to pick up at the store, you know, invitations you need to respond to, um, think just all of those different things, things that need to be done around the house, people you need to contact. Just get it all out of your head and onto paper. The next step is prioritization. Go through, and I always say you can do like about a month, 30 days. I actually do brainstorming probably every one to two weeks. So just depending, don't overthink it, just start the process of doing this. Get everything out of your head onto paper and then go through and either highlight, circle, or number the things that are most important that have to get done that are definitely priorities to you. What you might start seeing is a pattern here. You might start seeing that there are certain things in certain areas of your life that are really demanding a lot of time. Maybe it's work. Maybe a lot of stuff that you wrote down and prioritized are work items. So work would be something... And one of those buckets that you write down on your list, like it's just a busy season in your work life. And those are things that you need to accomplish. Family, there's always stuff that has to get done with family, especially with kids. So signing somebody up for soccer, someone else needs, you know, to buy a dance leotard, there's always something that needs to get done. So family, you can write the different things that you need to do for your family there. Now, one of the buckets that I like to really emphasize here, especially for moms, is the quiet time bucket. This is an opportunity or a chance for you just to kind of get away from it all for a few minutes. Remember when I've talked about prioritization and putting yourself first and doing some self-care? 
I know that you are stretched then often. I know that you are feeling overwhelmed. You are being constantly inundated with a lot of information, including this unsolicited mom advice, of course. And so I just want you to kind of give yourself a break on a regular basis, even if it's five minutes a day, five minutes to step away from your phone, five minutes to walk away to a different room from your family, five minutes to stare at a wall, five minutes to go for a walk, five minutes to take a bath, whatever it is. I would hope that you get a little bit more than five minutes, but I know from personal experience, sometimes five minutes is all you get. I've literally sat in my car alone in the garage, praying that nobody opens the door to find me just to sit there for a few minutes to gather myself, maybe from a really tough day or just I'm tired. I just need a break for a few minutes. I need someone not to be talking to me or putting a demand on me in one way or the other. Um, so five, so quiet time, just five minutes and you will be amazed at what kind of clarity kind of happens. And this is something I encourage everyone to do. Just take a break, take, especially from your electronics, put your phone on the charger and just walk away from it. I know you'll probably be like me and you're going to have a little bit of anxiety to do that. You know, like what if somebody calls or I miss out on something? It's Okay. Um, but just give yourself, get in the practice of giving yourself a little bit of quiet time, a break, and just kind of let your brain just have a moment where it can just sort of like relax. It's actually pretty surprising when you do this. Like for me personally, it's one of the times where I feel like I get the most inspiration and creative creativity kind of creeps in. So definitely give yourself and plan for some quiet time. So again, planning your day each and every day. You can do it the night before or the morning of. Write down the different priorities that you have. And then, like I said, implement them in your day. So if you've circled on that list a lot of work tasks, then that work bucket is probably something that's going to be um, one of the buckets you put on your day for the next few days. Um if there's items on there that are not a priority, but maybe should be a priority, that you're just not getting time for, I want you to start to focus on making time. Making time for those different areas. For me, I freely admit it's the physical health bucket. So we have done this major move. The very first bucket that goes is my um, time for exercise. I just, I will find any excuse to just be like, oh, I don't have to do that. Mm, Can't find my shoes (laughs) or whatever. Or you know what? McDonald's for lunch is totally fine. It's fast. It's cheap. We can get in and out. It's totally awesome. And that's okay if it's temporary. But I do have to remember that when I get back to it and I've done it, is when I get back and get settled into a regular routine is to start to implement and get back those running shoes. And I've actually been pretty good about it since we've been here in Georgia. So I get up in the morning, I have those shoes staring at me, put on my working clothes and then go for a walk through uh, the little neighborhood and listen to a podcast. So um, at least I get outside and I'm moving around a little bit. So there may be an area, maybe it's your finances, maybe you're just like always have this dark cloud of you over your finances and it's because you haven't tackled a budget. You haven't created a budget, you haven't paid attention to your spending and in order to get rid of that little dark cloud following you, um, sit down and tackle your finances, create a budget, tell your money where to go before it even comes in. Or maybe it's the social hobby. A lot of times we find this as moms, like again, we get so wrapped up into our kids that we're not making time for our friends or the things that we enjoy doing. So plan each and every day. There's going to be things like work, like family, like home that demand your time, that need to be done in a specified amount of time. Write those things down. And remember, you still have additional time take a look. What can you implement? You don't have to overthink it. Like I said, things can be done in five minute 
15 minute, 20 minute increments. That way you feel like at least you're making progress in different areas of your life. Okay, so let's talk about why systems are important. So why are systems important? Why do I want you to have a time management organization system in your life? To keep you organized, to keep you from feeling completely overwhelmed, to help you feel like that you are making progress, that your wheels aren't just completely spinning all the time, that you're not like in that movie Groundhog Day where you wake up and it's the same day all the time. Systems are important just to keep you on track. And they're important. They're important definitely to have. But the important, or excuse me, people always ask, what are what are systems? Like when you're talking about systems, what are systems? Systems are simply tools and habits. So let's break this down for just a second. I was watching, I love watching the cooking shows. I've Since the pandemic, I've been like way into the Food Network again. I used to watch it years ago, hadn't. And then now I have like, I love the Food Network. And so I was watching one of the shows, like a competition show where they get like 30 minutes to cook something. And they don't even apparently know what they're cooking, I guess, until like right before they're told. And I'm kind of fascinated with this. And I was thinking like, could I do that? Like, I love to cook. But if somebody's like, make spaghetti carbonara or something, could I Could I do that? Like in 30 minutes, like, is this really possible? And so as I was watching it one time, I realized something, something struck me. I realized that they have all of the tools that they need right there. So if they need a pot to boil the water, it's there. The water is there. The stove is there. All of the tools, all of the supplies are there. All of the cutting stuff is right there. And the pressure of the time allows them to hyper-focus on the task at hand. So they don't have their cell phones. They don't have you know, other people asking them to go do other stuff. They're able to hyper-focus on the one task in one area because all of the tools are right there by them. And also, these are oftentimes chefs, right? So these are people that have practiced their craft time and time again. So they know how to cut, they've been doing the chopping, they know how to cut properly, they know how to to do the grilling and the cooking and that from, from their habits. So that kind of struck me and I was like, oh, you know what? It's a lot like what I teach with the time management and stuff. When you have habits and all of the tools that you need, you can, and, and the focus, you can get something done in any time allotted. And I always talk about the 20 minutes, like trying to keep tasks at about 20 minutes. So that's what a system is. It's the the tools that you have combined with the habits. I've often talked about this, like, what is your system for working out? It's your workout clothes and your habit of getting yourself to the gym or going in for a run or a walk or whatever it is. You It does you no good to just have the really cute workout outfit and not... It do, that doesn't get you into shape. And I really, really emphasize this when it comes to organizing your home. I tell everybody, do not go buy a bunch of organizing products until you are ready to start the habits. The habits is something that I teach first when it comes to organizing your home. I've seen it a million times where people went and they've literally purchased pallets of organizing stuff that just sat there and then it became part of the club clutter because they didn't have the habits. So we all have systems already in our life. You have a system to get yourself ready in the morning. You have a system to prepare a meal. You have a system to get your kids out the door. Like we have systems. So what we need are the tools and then the habits to create those systems. So how to create the systems? You combine the habits and the tools. So let's talk specifically about kids and getting them out the door. I really encourage you to take into consideration what is 
what it takes to get your kids out the door. Backpacks, shoes, jackets, um, items for school. So I want you to take kind of a bird's eye view of your life. So let's talk about some of these different areas when your kids are in school. Number one is paperwork. You you encounter like a paperwork tsunami when your kids start school. Even in this digital age, I'm still surprised at how much paperwork comes home on a daily basis. So let's talk about paperwork because that is one of the most common things that we encounter when our kids are in the school years. I encourage you to create what I call a drop zone. So this is a paperwork drop zone. When the paperwork comes in and when it comes out of the backpacks, it goes into one container. So I am, I like the, there's like a wire basket thing that I have in my home and I kind of have it centrally located. So everybody knows where it's at. It's accessible and I don't have it where it's like real big. It's kind of, um, I'm trying to think it's probably nine inches high and about about 14 inches by 10 inches. So it's it's just big enough to put paperwork in. And I keep it relatively small and in a fairly conspicuous spot so that it forces me to go through it. And that way also, it's inevitable for things to get lost. And as long as I know it's in there and I've trained my family to put the paperwork in the one spot, then I know I can find the forms. But again, let's talk about creating a system. That drop zone does nothing unless you are willing to get into the habit of going through it on really a daily basis. A daily basis is what's needed for when you are, you have kids and when you have multiple kids coming out home with a lot of different paperwork. So this is what I would encourage you to do. When your kids come in, you might have after-school activities and such. As soon as they come in, have them take the paperwork to put it in the paperwork drop zone. When you do your 20-minute tidy, which is something I encourage every family to do, get the entire family in the habit of going through and having chores and tidying up the home and put everything away. 20 minutes done daily helps a lot. While you're sort of masterminding and monitoring the 20-minute tidy, that is a great opportunity for you to go through your paperwork real quick. Now, where should the paperwork go after the drop zone? Well, here is what I encourage you. Keep a three-ring binder with just a bunch of the um, page inserts, like the page protectors, and if you want to put some dividers in there. Keep it really simple. On the other hand, have just a small filing box with some color-coded filing folders. I actually am going to be teaching a class on this soon. So stay tuned, like I said, for my um, different announcements that I'm going to do each month. So if you're interested in this, I have a a guide that will dive into this a little bit deeper. So as you're going through, I want you to toss anything immediately that needs to be tossed. There may be some things in there that need to be handled like right away, immediately, especially with kids. So handle those things immediately. Anything that needs to be done soon-ish, and I always say soon-ish is within the next 30 days, I put in the binder, the three ring binder. Anything that I need to keep, but that's more than 30 days, it's maybe just like a reference, maybe it's the, um, you know, the, the, registration paperwork that kind of comes back or, or whatever from school, put it in your color-coded filing system. And each kid should have their own and it's just, just be under school and maybe their first name. And that way you can just kind of drop stuff in there. Do this as regularly as you can. Preferably, if it can be done once a day, that's fantastic. But I know that that's not always feasible. So at least three to five times a week, is manageable and will keep that paperwork clutter down to a minimum. And again, the whole point is the habit. The tools are the binder, the file folders, the basket. Those are the tools, but the habit is you. It starts with you and it starts with you training your family on telling them where to put the paperwork. And then what I like about the three-wing binder is this. It's portable. You can kind of take it around with you. You can take it upstairs if you need, if you're 
sitting at your desk and that's where you're going to tackle some of this stuff. You can take it in the car, kind of go through stuff if you're waiting in the pickup line for school. But paperwork is definitely something that is just, like I said, it's like, a, it's like the paperwork monster has hit your home. So that is a great way to keep it managed. Let's talk about some other systems too. What about meal planning? Because here's the thing I can like raise my hand and test to. If you don't have a plan for meals, then you're ending up ordering the pizza or spending way too much on like those delivery food service apps or you're in the drive-through at some fast food restaurant. So let's keep a supply. So again, like I was talking about my cooking shows, there's probably a repertoire of meals that you make. Just keep those supplies on hand. So again, it is something great to get into the habit of. Um, in the first thing in the morning, I kind of generally know what I'm going to cook for that night for dinner. So that way, if an ingredient needs to get picked up in the store, I can do that. But while I'm at the store, I actually try to plan for not just this night, but maybe one or two dinners ahead. So if I'm going to the store on Monday, I'm trying to get us through dinners to Wednesday. And that way I can go through and pick stuff up that's easy to prepare, especially when we're pulled in a lot of directions with sports and after-school activities. The crock pot has been my best friend throughout the years. I know it's almost like a little old-fashioned, but I feel like it always comes back. The younger generations always kind of pick up on it and stuff. Um, but yeah, put something in the crock pot first thing in the morning. It'll be ready. Your house will smell delicious when you walk in um, in the afternoon. So have just a repertoire of meals <clears throat> that you go to. You know, for us, it's always like spaghetti, tacos. Um, those are kind of like the, the favorites. I do like the meal service delivery kits. Um, I kind of bounce between the different companies. Um, but I will say it's actually really nice. Like it's nice to actually have something ready. A lot of times they have veggies. Um, they're definitely, we do the meal for four and in our family, we're now going between three to five people. And for the most part, it feeds all of us. Um, if it's only three of us, we usually almost always have leftovers. So meal plan, meal plan ahead, try to think ahead about three days and just keep certain supplies again, have those tools and then just get into the habit. Maybe start your meal planning, like I said, in the morning for breakfast while you're getting everyone's breakfast. Um, maybe have the idea like making sure stuff's taken out of the freezer to defrost or it's being put in to the crock pot or even taking it a step further, kind of preparing veggies, doing some chopping, maybe even doing a little pre-cooking. Stick it in the fridge. That way it can be finished for dinner. But one of the things that I wanted to address first is this, or first, we're 43 minutes in, what am I saying? Uh, one of the things that I wanted to address is this. When it comes to your kids with school, there's something that's called, I've, I saw it years ago, called second shift. It's like second shift syndrome or second shift something. And this is where you are in the midst of like you your kids are in school and you perhaps go to your job, or if you're a stay-at-home parent, you're doing taking care of the things that need to get done, um, work from home parents doing the same. And so you have like your first shift is focused on like work and stuff that needs to get done. And then this second shift hits when your kids get home from school. And it, like I said, our kids are so busy these days. A lot of times it's the after-school activities and it's the running around and it's the errands that need to get run. And the all of a sudden, you know, their priorities, they're, you know, they forgot a box of crayons that they need for a school project and you have to run to the store for all of those. So that's something that I want you to consider when it comes to creating these systems is that you almost have to think of it in that way. Like you almost have like a first shift and then a second shift. So if you think of it that way, that is something that kind of, like I said, just puts you a little bit ahead of the game and 
gives you a little bit of a advantage to staying on top of things and just keeping yourself prepared. So what about maintaining your systems? One of the things that is done frequently is when it comes to the systems is the need to have them maintained. One of the areas that I think of with um, kids, especially when you have multiple kids, is sometimes you have kids in different schools. And I've definitely found this at one point. I had when all three of my kiddos were home, they went to three different places in the morning and had to be picked up from three different places in the afternoon. Thankfully, that's like a temporary thing. Thankfully, that's just for a season. So here's what I want you to think about. So I know when you're putting together your systems, I do this where I'm like, oh, yeah, that works for right now. But in six months, this is going to need to be adjusted or I'm not going to be able to do this because so-and-so is going to be starting this or that. It's okay. Here's the great thing about systems. When you maintain your system, when you're working it, you have, and and this thing that I teach with the time management allows you to consistently reassess, take a bird's eye view and adjust as needed. So going back to if you have kids in different schools, that's something, don't worry about that. Don't worry about the future, focus on today and just focus on the one to two steps ahead of you. Don't worry about down the road. You can always adjust. That was one of the things that I found is that I felt like when I put a system in place, like it was permanent. It's not. It's adjustable. And that's something that I want you to really take to heart and consider when creating your systems and for time management organizing through um, throughout your this journey, throughout the season of your kids being in school, it's always going to shift. It's always going to adjust. Their schedule is always shifting, adjusting. You know, sometimes even the schools adjust their um, times that they attend or they you know start school and when they get out of school. And like I said, maybe your preschooler graduates to kindergarten and you have this. It's okay. That's why with the time management system, I have you do like a brainstorming prioritization and planning on a regular basis. That's why I want that to become a habit for you. That takes away the stress of what if or when things happen in three, four, five, six months, I'm not going to be able to to have the system keep go. It's okay. I'm just here to tell you it's okay. So I want you to think of this as a season in your life, a season that is super fun. I, it, it's so crazy. I, I can't say that I miss being super, super crazy, but I definitely love to watch other parents kind of in that midst. And I just, I feel it. I feel it. I've been there and I'm still there. You know, now we have the one that's, um, the youngest that's in school and stuff. Um, But I just want to encourage you. I want you to really take, like I said, this to heart, really take a look at your time management because that is the most important um, aspect that you can have in this season of your life, in the school years where Things are constantly shifting. Things are constantly adjusting. You feel like your every second of your day is tasked for something. I'm here to tell you that if you take a little bit of control, take some of this stuff and actually implement it into your life, you'll actually feel like you're kind of like in the game, like you're not always trying to catch up. You'll feel like you're actually maybe even a little bit ahead. So all stuff that I hope that helps you in this journey. And I definitely would love to hear more from you guys um, as far as what topics do you want to hear more of. Uh, A great way to reach me is through Instagram. Just go look for One Organized Mama. Give me a follow. Send me a DM. 
and say, hey, I listened to this episode. I want to hear more or learn more about this. What do you have to say? And also, like I said, stay tuned for these little mini bonus episodes where I'm giving you updates on um, the different ways that you guys can connect with me. I'm really loving that. It felt really overwhelming in the beginning. I'm not going to lie. Um, doing some of the coaching, but I feel like I'm actually kind of getting the hang of it a little bit. And um, I have some different ways that you can come in and have some coaching, some encouragement, some inspiration, some tips and tricks that actually work. Like I said, this is all stuff that I've implemented through my life, my crazy, crazy life of motherhood and as a business owner, working mom, stay-at-home mom, I've done it all. Um, I know I said before, I think in the very first episode, tips for stay-at-home moms, working from home moms, or work outside of home moms, it's this. I don't have anything specific for each group or label, if you will. I don't know why we have to have these labels, but whatever, we have them. But it's this. If you can just, in this season realize and just take a moment to look at another mom and realize that we all make sacrifices. We all make sacrifices for our kids. We all make sacrifices in our lives to be whatever we are, however we get labeled. It is hard for all of us. We all have our moments where it is. it feels like we're like climbing a Mount Everest that never ends. So if you can take away one thing from this podcast episode, I hope it's this. I hope you can just find a mom that you feel might need just a little encouragement and tell her that she's doing a phenomenal job because I wish we were all in this together a little bit more. It is hard. It This is a hard journey. And to just, I know from personal experience to have somebody just reach out and be like, hey, you know what? I see you. And I know you're doing a great job because I know you all are. And I know it's not always the most appreciated kind of work, but I tell you, raising little human beings and putting them out there in the world is really, really tough. And so encourage someone, just give someone a really great pat on the back, a thumbs up, some kind words just to keep them going. And hopefully... That will come back around and you'll get the same for your hard work and your dedication and your super awesomeness just being a mom. All right. So I feel like I'm getting back into this game of podcasting. So have um, some really cool episodes lined up. Super excited to be back in the game. Again, reach out to me. You can also email me oneorganizedmom at gmail.com if you have any questions or you're interested in how you can be a part and dive in a little bit deeper in any of the coaching stuff that I have coming up. All right. Have a wonderful day out there. And thanks for listening to the One Organized Mama podcast.